Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us. Wednesday edition, OutKick 360 from 6th and Peabody. It's the OutKick studios here with Peahop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We stream it live out to the, uh, the live audience right outside the studio here. Guys, we um, it's a, it's nearing the area, Chad, where it's always the first day of the NCAA tournament where the weather feels like spring. And then it's the first day of Augusta, right, where you feel like you need to mow your grass. Um, we're nearing that time where we need to have, like, season ticket holders show up and have a big event here. Maybe for the first day of the tournament, like last year. Yeah, sure. That maybe that Thursday. That was a big hit. Maybe we do that again this year here at Sixth and Peabody. We can make it happen. I'm just, I'm just floating that out there. I'm not the one who makes the call on that. Don't blame me if it doesn't happen. But I think that's make something the call. that we Go could, ahead, make the call. We could probably arrange that to happen. <laughs> I would love to make that happen. Tell you what, the uh, weather here, we got teased with some warm weather. Uh, not the case right now. Uh, outside. In Nashville, Tennessee right now, hey, we're a long way from the Thursday of Augusta. I, I promise you, it is, I would say, not 15 degrees warmer. 10 degrees warmer, give or take two degrees. 10 degrees warmer in Birmingham than Nashville right now. Because we uh, drove up I-65 coming back for the show today from the USFL draft last night and got out of the car in Tennessee, and it was drastically colder um, an hour and a half, two hours up the road than where we were in Birmingham. I'm ready for it to be done. Yes. Uh, and daylight yes. savings time is coming soon. So I've always got that out there as a moment to well, strive to reach. Paul, you're headed to Indy next week, colder, oh. uh, for the combine. Hutton and I are headed to New York City for the Barrett Sports Media Conference. And I was looking at the forecast. It's 29 for a high our entire trip. Right. And uh, 13 for a low each day. At least it's in a you know short range. <laughs> It doesn't go 29 for a high, minus four for a low. No, it'll feel it's like It's right minus in between four. 29 and 14. I got a trip. The feels like temperature is way it different. It feels like Antarctica, actually. I always uh, want to have something on the horizon, you know. So I've got a family trip to Arizona slash Grand Canyon on the horizon. You, so that's not hot either. Do you guys? Some of it'll be hot. Uh, one of the, my favorite moments of the Super Bowl in LA was Paul. <laughs> There's a Visit Arizona stand for the next Super Bowl. And uh, I was going over there to get coffee one day. That's where they had the free coffee. So mm-hmm. I was taking advantage of that where you just tipped the guy. And Paul said, can I have a nice little family vacation in your state coming up? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, really? Where are you going? <laughs> and Paul said, you know, Grand Canyon. And the guy said, oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like just the con- I think he would have said it to any place you said. It was, it was great, though. He's like, yeah, it's beautiful. Now, beautiful I, place. I did take some brochures. I, uh, yeah, and I think you should have. You did the right thing. I don't think that guy was from Arizona. Just to yeah, hunch. I think he's I think probably he from is. LA. Probably yeah. from some modeling he was, agency. He was in LA. asked to stand there and 
guard the free brochures. Well, a funny like, thing, they, we, we Paul was half expecting him to give him like a bunch of you know suggestions yeah. and tips. He where didn't to get go. up, and yeah. instead he just said, "Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Grand we, Canyon. Usually gorgeous. there are two booths side by side. One for the host city that'll make you like dinner reservations or suggest a golf course happened. or something like that, and one for the next host city that like this one. Here there was no L.A. booth." Yeah. There wasn't anybody making you dinner reservations or suggesting a golf course or anything like that. There was just this Arizona that had fantastic pictures of the natural yeah, the, uh, concierge at our hotel wasn't very helpful either. Yeah. The the LA you just the, the suggestion you get in LA is, thing. you know, don't trip over a homeless person. Right. That was basically all the advice I got from yeah, anyone. Go to in and out. Be athletic. Check yeah. out in and out. Avoid the tent encampment <laughs> behind the hotel. That, that's our advice. Oh, Coach Mack, for those that uh, watched the show yesterday, listened to the show yesterday, or if you're, if you're uh, you know, familiar with the NFL, you know Dave McGinnis. There was this girl, um, I would guess her age is like eight to 10 years old. And we were getting back to the hotel last night and their family was checking in and she was pulling this um, luggage behind her, the small suitcase. And she stepped in front of Mac as he's walking, and he fell. He tripped and fell over the oh, suitcase. Oh, God. We know what happened the and, last time he had a big fall. Yeah, well, this this girl was just stunned. It's like she had never, like, tripped anyone before, and she just lost it. And of course, he's, you know, feeling bad that she's feeling bad. Uh, luckily, he's fine. Uh, that was my first thing. Tear his groin like when he slipped in the Titans cafeteria on the no, hot dog juice? Uh, no, he, <laughs> he didn't do that. I, the first thing I was worried about was his wrist. As he fell. One one other observation, just uh, and maybe this is very dumb of me to ask, and, and that's fine. Um, who comes up with the feels like temperature? And I feel like this is a very important job, um, but well, yeah, very it's random. Equivalent it, it's of how do you chill, measure feels like? Yeah, I, it is a it's a formula where it's temperature, humidity, wind chill, humidity. It's like three or four factors. They put it into but, a, an algorithm, algorithm, then it comes out. But then, but then you have—it's not a person saying feels like this. But it's someone, an actual method. But someone <laughs> came up with this, saying, down. you know, this measurement feels like three degrees instead of four. It feels like three. Like that to me, that's a very or it could be. Very, yeah. This feels like four instead of no, eleven. It's, it's, it's an interesting meteorolog- meteorological science. I butchered it. Still. I would, I would love it though if it was just you know here in Nashville, it's Leland Stadium stepping outside out. saying. 12. Feels like. feels like 12. Well, and that's what's I'm walking uh, it's back 48 inside. right now, but feels like f- more like 44, I would say. But more to me, like it's, it's, it's very much like um, the road superintendent slash school superintendent that steps outside on their porch and says, you know what? Road, roads are not safe. School's closed home. or two hours late. There's a big difference there, and a lot hinges on that decision. And I would say while he's getting phone calls on road conditions, for the most part, I always felt like you just look outside and make a call. I think they right? have somebody stay. This is a good, good concept. I think they must have somebody at the worst road in the worst area of the county. Well, we need to know that right? road. You need the, to know the gravel that road. road in the worst area of the county. If this road is passable, then we're go. If this is bad. We can't do it. But then it's ju- then it's based on where the bus the bus driver advises. Then it's but it would be based on are you very lenient on school being out or is Chad in charge of that decision? No, Chad, they, school's open. If there's a chance school's for it open. to be, if there's a chance for oh. it to be out, they right. Call it. And, and if you live on the worst road and you're making that call, Chad, yeah, I mean school's open. There's there, always go to these places. You <laughs> know, risk averse. Uh, I think about like in East Tennessee around the mountains, and you see these driveways that are just straight uphill. Or a street going into a subdivision, straight downhill straight, and I'm thinking the least bit of ice. I don't want to drive on this road. Right. Like I couldn't imagine trying to drive a school so bus to out. go get someone or, or go to school. Yesterday there was some flooding 
in, in Middle Tennessee. And I had a nice hour-long trek out to eastern Lebanon uh, to go get my daughter from my parents' house and come back. And I was tasked with, you're going to love this, trying to find the back roads that aren't too back roady that you can navigate a flood. Because there were certain roads I knew were flooded by reports. And other ones they said, avoid back roads. Because you don't know when you get on one when it's going to be you washed out in a certain spot. So I'm thinking like, okay, is you know, Division Street enough back road? <laughs> uh, do, when do I cut over on, on this road, on, on Tulip Grove or on this? And I'm saying the name of actual roads, but I'm, I'm having to factor the whole way home. Like, what is back roady enough? What is main road enough to stay on? And what I thought about the whole time was elevation. I was thinking, like, if there's a drop-off on the side of the road, I'm fine. So I, I know visually riding when there's a, 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 a drop-off on the side of the road. So I took those roads. And it worked. And I got home just fine. No That's problems at all. But back, no, roads, no back road means a, a lot of different things based on, where, on where you're, you're located. And where yeah, you are. Yeah, For sure. And I would also say if, if you know, the measurement for the feels-like temperature, that should just be the temperature. If you're doing this scientific measurement to determine what something feels like or how cold or hot it is, that should be well. How, see, that should you be your temperature. Lately, I thought feels like if I'm like, heating something up to a certain temperature, it's it's judging the surroundings of the oven to determine the temperature. Like I I want to know what it feels like outside, not what it if there's a big difference. I thought feels like was more like a summer version of wind chill. So like if it says 98 degrees, but then they add in the humidity and stuff and say it actually is 110. So it's 110, which is well. But it's not what the temperature gauge says. So it's same as wind chill. Wind chill is but I'm saying, zero I want degrees the gauge. out, but if you add in the wind and stuff, it's really negative 14. I want the gauge that's going to tell me what it feels like outside. All right, so you're you more a wind chill and well, feels like This that. is like not a, a temperature. I want to know, did I go this to the is, coldest game in NFL history or one of the coldest? That's what I want to know. I get what you're saying. This is a pretty cutting edge, revolutionary stuff you're talking about. This is like doing <laughs> very away random, with daylight like, savings time. But like, I see, right? Like a universal shifting of what is Fahrenheit. Oh. Fahrenheit is no longer Fahrenheit. It's what the feels like temperature is. Yeah, you're never going to get this shift because well, it throws off history. In, in a way, like it allows Henry Rothenberg, our, our friend at News Channel 5 here in Nashville, it allows him to extend the, the, the weather forecast for the next day or maybe the ex, next you know, couple hours Maybe by an extra 10 seconds, which is very important. Sometimes you just need the extra right. 10 seconds. So you say, you know what? Don't give it to weather. It's 15 degrees, but outside right now, it feels like three. And if you go to Columbia, well, the outdoor temperature feels like negative one with that wind chill. I'm going to get Henry hey, Rothenberg hey. and Channel 5 or whoever wants to take this advice up and do it. Come up with your own feels like temperature <laughs> and make it yours. Like market it as the, the news that the Channel 5, Channel 5 temperature, temperature is. <laughs> and people are like, well, it says it's 78 outside, but they're saying 71. No, no, for me. I want to be outside more when it's 71. I, I don't think it's going like to be hard that. for them to get extra time for the weather. I mean, I think you walk into the boss's door there and you say, I'd like a little extra time for, and they go, got it. Go ahead. Take it from sports. So it, today uh, on our clock in front of us, it says it's 38 degrees outside. I bet it feels like 31. Now, do we I want to dress for 31. Is that getting that from uh, the interweb? Yes, it's connected to the atomic clock. Interesting. I never knew that. <laughs> I never looked at that for temperature one time. Now, I, I wonder, I'd like David Reed's temperature to be on there. David, unfortunately, <laughs> is, uh, is out sick. His heart rate. We, all, we, can get, we can get his heart rate over there. Is there a better? Can't see the temperature on that one. Well, Remember a lot of at the height of COVID at our old building, we had to put our temperature 
Oh, yeah. And what I did was just take a picture of my temperature once and get it on my phone like everyone else. You were remarkably consistent temperature. Everyone did the same thing. Um, Is there a better getting (laughs) out? Hey, real quick. One person sent a picture of their dog one day just to see if anyone was checking it. Yeah, no one was. And And got um, got an email back. You are admitted to our building. Is there a better out for something you want to get out of than taking taking a picture of your temperature when you have a bad temperature? And oh. just sending it to someone saying, sorry, can't get over this, this fever. I'm, but do you need to send it? I'm you can ju- can't you just say you have a fever? These but people not so, believe you? It's so much Did better. Th- would these people not believe your lie this, without a photo? It's this, the ultimate teenage. So this happened to me today. Like there was a meeting scheduled and someone had, sorry, and it was like 103.2 temperature. Got COVID, can't do it fighting it, trying to get out of it, you know, whatever. And I'm Again, thinking, school you know, would be in no, 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 for Chad. He I'm, wants this meeting to take place. All, all you had to do was tell me you were sick. <laughs> I in know, the text. yeah. And but, they went to links to show but you. But man, if that's not impressive. <laughs> and does that not really illustrate how sick you are? Like, I looked at it like I'm all about the theater of the mind and also, you know, uh, putting on a show. I don't think it's, it's that it's impressive. Why, it's Look, why I, I did like a Google UFC. search and but I got a 103.2 on a thermometer. Yeah, but that's my point. Like, it's clearly the person's hand. That took the picture that I'm looking at, and it's great. Well, oh, it's clearly their hand. Now that's impressive, but you can find this is anything. Why, on the this is why. I mean, look, I believe that's the a person. High stock photo. I'm not saying the person lied, but you could use that photo now from a ter- for eternity when you want to get out of something. This so is you're why saying my next time I have a high that, temperature, bookmark that. Take a picture and bookmark. I'm just going to respond with prove it when you say that, and you're going to show me your temperature. So next time I've got show a stomach virus, you're going to say prove it, and then go show back me your to face. I'll send you a photo, David Reed. Prove it. Hold up a newspaper with today's date on it. <laughs> and, and, and throw up on no, it. No. And then vomit on that newspaper. <laughs> and then show as, me if, as if they're a newspaper. Show me my, your vomit-stained newspaper with today's date Chad, on it. Chad, I'm automatically thinking this is why my parents are glad that the, the cell phone age was like right around the time I was a senior in high school. Like that's, yearn, that's when things I took off. I yearn for the days where you could just legitimately get away. Like my cell phone. And you could, if you were not at home, you, no one was contacting you. No one. There was no, I'm going to be home soon. But I'm saying Nothing. I couldn't take a photo of my temperature and fake it like yeah. that, you know? That's you had true. to physically show it. People would just have to believe your lie. Correct. Hutton's parents are on the farm early in the morning. He sent them a text. I can't work. You I can't would, feed these cows. You wouldn't cows. have to Photoshop a lie. I can't feed these cows. Those, those cows are going to have to milk just themselves. Have to outright <laughs> lie. I, I took an acting <laughs> class at Columbia. That corn's going to have to be shucked by someone else today, Mom. <laughs> in, lieu, in lieu of a public speaking class, I took an acting class. And my one friend, the guy... Uh, Q, who called in to talk about me getting thrown out of the casino, Treasure Island. Yes. He took it, and he was fantastic in it. He got an A+. plus. He talks about it all the time. I, I think I got a B plus. It was a lot harder than I thought. And one of the things we did in there, you had to tell two stories, one true and one a lie. And the class had to guess which was true and which was a lie. Now, I didn't do well at it at all. He was a master. Nobody could nobody could. Truth or lie. Yeah. He, so he's among your top 10% actors of all time. <laughs> Paul, no, Paul no, once said that he that. only thinks 10% of I the actors think can the really act. the best actors are, are good. The rest pretend, and all of us can but pretend. But you sent me the uh, clip of Julia Garner yes. doing the accent. She's acting. She's a good actress, right? Yeah. Is she top 10% of all actors in the world? Maybe getting there. There's two damn <laughs> she good She didn't make any of our top fives. Playing Ruth and playing... We put those out last week. Playing uh, this this woman, she's playing an inventing Anna, which she's is very a good. Good show. She is very good. She's very good. Yeah. Uh, coming up, we'll hit uh, Mickelson 
uh, in the headlines there. Brian Flores in the headlines. There's a reader survey at, at The Athletic that Paul uh, sent us. I found this is, one tidbit oh, to be very interesting. A lot of optimistic Coaching SEC satisfaction fans. levels for SEC fans. Remarkably high. That's next on OutKick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. We'll hit Brian Flores. Aaron Rodgers says he doesn't have a decision yet. The Athletic and a survey um, about fans. That's minutes away. Uh, congrats to the USFL. They, If they haven't wrapped up, they're wrapping up their inaugural draft down in Birmingham. And I uh, was there last night. Uh, giving some coverage to Outkick.com, but also through our social pages at Outkick360. Props to everybody involved behind the scenes with Outkick for making it happen. They, they turned around a lot of work. There were people working last night here in studio and elsewhere until like 11.30 or midnight, maybe beyond that. So a big thank you to everybody involved there. It was a, a, a solid team effort in uh, where we're headed. I think we'll see some more examples of that when Paul's in Indy next week. Um, I, I, I Two things. First... The quarterbacks. While I think there are some people that no matter who you put out there, I mean, again, it's a, a, a league that's not the NFL. No matter who you put out there, people are going to ridicule and say, oh, this is the number one pick or this guy's a top eight pick. I thought all eight guys, and I had the chance to talk with all of them, are number one, very outgoing. Um, they're doing it in some ways to prove that they should be given the option of being brought to camp to be a backup contender and not a practice squad contender. Uh, and if they're not doing that, they're just doing it because they're about to age out and they just want to keep playing while they can and make a couple hundred thousand dollars. And that's what I learned uh, before I get to point two. That's what I learned about the quarterbacks. So yesterday I said that the players get 45 grand if you're a main player and you play every single week throughout the 10-week season. There's also a, bon a win bonus and then there's a championship bonus of $10,000. Um, talking to two different quarterbacks, and I won't say which, they told me that if they're, you know, the top pick of their team, which they were all quarterbacks, there is a 
special salary for one player per team. And these guys are making about what you would make on a practice squad if you're in the league. So if you're getting live reps and you're in the spring and you know you're probably a practice squad guy anyway, what, the, what one quarterback told me was, hey, I'm going to go play in this league. I'm not going to leave, even if they offer me to go to OTAs and all these mini camps, because I can get live reps in the league for 10 weeks. And then maybe I get a call in camp. Maybe someone goes down in week two and I'm, they elevate their practice squad guy. And then I'm the practice squad guy from there. So it made sense to me Might when I heard up. that ex- explanation. Um, and there are a handful of guys who have had the practice squad slash backup opportunities. You can tie those guys in. Number two, the head coaches. The head coaches are going to do a ton of media and a ton of press. They didn't say no to anything. And I think that is huge for the USFL. Because on these, you know, April 16th, we'll see the NBC Fox simulcast on network TV between Birmingham and New Jersey. But beyond that, I think you're going to see a lot of mic'd up opportunities. Fisher has talked about how um, he, and he mentioned this on our show yesterday, Pereira and, and, and other rules analysts, if, if, if a play is under review, you're going to hear Pereira explain the decision to the head coach. And you get that you know, behind-the-scenes access. I think that's great. And all the coaches are cool with it. It's not like they're begrudgingly agreeing to do it. They're cool with it. And I think it'll open up a behind-the-scenes aspect that maybe we haven't seen with some of these guys. Fisher, I think if you, if you follow the league, you know he's very open. He's, he's been on hard knocks. and I mean, he got fired on hard knocks. He's cool. I mean, he had he has approval over the final edit, and we we all saw it. Um, he's cool with it, and I think all the other coaches are too. Those are big two big takeaways from from last night. Aside from the league being pretty cool and, and the setup being perfect for what they want to do with the hotel and uh, food situation, and and the the stadium is is fantastic for what they're doing at UAB. I can guarantee off that uh, officiating point that if the Pereira is reviewing a play or whoever is mm-hmm. reviewing a play and explaining it to the coach. And that's mic'd up that Twitter will fill up with whatever the population is that's watching. And at the beginning, uh, NFL media will be watching just out of curiosity and that those people will all be saying, why can't the NFL do this enough so that it may affect some change at some point. And, and Chad, I think you would love this. As the picks were made last night, and I think the USFL on social media released these, Fox and the USFL had a celebrity or a fellow athlete announce the pick of the first-round team. I saw Jimmy Rollins. So Jimmy Rollins announced Philadelphia's pick. That's very cool. Um, Strahan announced New Jersey Generals, uh, their pick. You had Bradshaw announce the Pittsburgh pick, where he, uh, on purpose— messed up Lawletta's last name and then like stutters and then corrects. He goes, ah, oh, you know his name. He's our quarterback. Welcome. You know, it was, it was really well done. And it, so you had a WWE guy announce in Tampa what was going on. Um, Brad Keselowski announced the pick in Michigan because he's from Michigan with NASCAR and the ties in with Fox. I thought they did a really nice job laying out the number one selections for all these teams. It was cool. Yeah, and the partnerships with Fox, who owns it, and the cooperation with NBC also as a network that's going to air some of these games, uh, that's big. I mean, that, that's really step one, getting it in front of people where they can see it and getting it on a network is going to be huge. I also think, guys, for the traditional old-school college football fan, 
that believes transfer portal, NIL, all of these things are going to ruin college football. And it's just not pure as it once was to them. And we can argue back and forth about whether it was ever pure, all that stuff. But the perception is it's no longer pure. There is something pretty pure about a guy going out and making forty-five grand for 10 weeks to play football because he just really wants to be on a team and play football. And a lot of these guys will probably never get a chance to play in the NFL. They're hopeful you know, that this will be the launching point to get them to the next level. If they have, it's but been there a is, there's practice something, squad guy. Yeah, there's right. something pure about that when now major college players are making way more than $45,000 in NIL money to go play for their respective college teams. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's better than college football or any of that, but I do think that there is, for that old school traditional fan, there is a purity of purpose with the players you're watching in this league to think, even the quarterbacks you talked about, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to make a ton of money, you know, but they're going to be a part of something where they just really want to play football. And there's something pure about that. Yeah, they get to they, they get paid virtually the same amount of money. Yeah. Over 10 weeks, not over the 17 week practice squad salary. I'm saying over 10 weeks, it's it's the practically the same, the number I was told. And they, you know, they don't have to go off of the they're not running the scout team. You know, they're actually running live reps and and getting some live reps that they're not getting really at all, except for maybe a half total of a preseason right. in three games. So I understand it from that perspective. Um, it just, I'm intrigued by it. I think, Chad, you brought up uh, the NIL. I think where, where the league can have an impact on college is with the JUCOs. Because the USFL and their talent pool, you have to be two years removed from high school, not three. So if you're coming out of a JUCO and you're looking at options out of a junior college, if you're not going to be in NIL making more than what you could potentially make in the USFL, those guys could potentially just jump to Birmingham or wherever they're playing, you know, uh, years down the line. I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I'm not saying it impacts uh, recruiting that uh, a ton, but for a guy that feels like he's a year away and he's just ready to go ahead and go pro, the options available for him some now. of these quarterbacks were smaller than I thought. You did oh, well in the height department uh, with your side by side interviews. I was overall surprised that I did. I was scanning through the you know they put out nice graphics that were combined with our stuff. Yeah, um, that had you know the the whole round of defensive ends, the whole round of whatever. I was surprised I didn't know more names. There were very few names that I recognized. Well, a lot of the... Especially beyond the quarterback. The issue with that is it goes back to the NFL futures contracts. You know, you've got... Is it 10 players that you can sign? Or is it... Is it I don't know it's what It's unlimited they, up to it's 90. Unlimited. Right? No, I mean, no, but you have, you have a futures contract where a guy right after, this, right after the season just signs back up. Well, you could sign your practice squatters like that, and you could sign anybody who's on the street like that. Right. Titans just signed a guy today, Lawler, who played nine games with the Rams at so, some point. But if so, you're not under contract, right? if you don't have a contract that needs to expire, you're available to be signed to a futures deal right now before March 16th. Yeah, so that those guys are in a pool that are under contract. You've got the CFL guys who are under contract. Um, you have... Yeah, it takes uh, a certain kind of guy to be you've got available. The, the college player. Yeah, and then there are players that might be a draft pick, but might not, right? If, you, if you're getting a developmental guy at a position of need, 
and your uh, team jumps in the seventh round and takes a player, well, you don't want to select that player for the fear that after week one, he heads to camp with a team or heads to OTAs and you're left trying to fill that position as your season gets going to USFL. One in, note on in, the, in the inaugural season, I think there's going to be a lot of feeling out and, yeah. and they'll, they'll tweak things as necessary. A lot of roster. Oh, absolutely. Turnover. Well, one note on small quarterbacks, uh, that's by design in certain instances. And Jeff Fisher said, why you're going to have run around. You're going to have a lack of offensive line play in depth. You're going to need a guy who is very agile and maybe a little bit smaller but that can move around in the pocket and make Create. things happen on the fly. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna need a little element of you know uh, uh, college frat flag football quarterback where there's an immediate rush once the ball is snapped and you got to make someone miss yep. right away uh, with your quarterback. And, and there's one guy, Shea Patterson, the number one pick, fits that. Yeah, and there's another uh, another guy from Tarleton State that uh, he's playing for Jersey now. Done some kick returning. Uh, yeah, so he's he's a quarterback. And he'll play quarterback, but he's also played wide receiver and kick returner. So for a team that only has 38 active players, you've got a guy now that's very versatile if you're down a spot. Uh, kick returner, whatever it might be. And they're they're going to emphasize kick returns. That's Ben Holmes. Kicking off. Yeah. And uh, Tarleton. Generals. My Jersey Generals. He's uh, he, he had the Jer- he had the New Jersey Generals hat on when, in my chat with him. And he's from Tarleton, which is in Texas. And I said, you look like a kid from Jersey. Not just because you're wearing the hat. Like, are you Texas? He's like, no, I'm actually from Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah. So he goes from Buffalo to Tarleton State and now has a chance to play in the USFL. I, I think that's a, a cool story. And he's, you may not remember. He was the shortest of the of the group, and apparently he's one of the best athletes. You may not remember because you talked to eight of them in relative short order. Uh, one, I was impressed that one of them was citing USFL history and rattling off um, – you know, it might uh, be Thorson. The, the guys Thorson. who came came out of the USFL. <laughs> the, I thought they, that was a nice tip to uh, USFL history because USFL first iteration. A lot of people probably too young to 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 remember was successful. I mean, and and there were studs in that. I mean, the the, yeah. the talent pool. They, they were had Herschel Walker and and, and Jim Kelly and uh, uh, Steve Young. Steve Young, some big time. Players. And then you had uh, you had a couple guys that stuck around. Uh, as their team was drafting last night, one of them was Kyle Sloter. I had to peel him away for the interview after Fedora. Uh, he plays for New Orleans. After Fedora took, made his pick, because Fedora had Larry Fedora had him sitting right next to him, and they were going through players and whether or not they had ever crossed paths in any roster. Smart, saying, "Do you want this guy? Do you want this guy?" And at the same time, it looked like they had a flip chart for offense. Like Fedora is ready to go, <laughs> ready to go. And I think briefly they had crossed paths the the quarterback and coach in in college briefly. So there's a connection there. If you want to, you know, if you're into FanDuel and you're looking up USFL odds, just there's, there you go. I, I immediately thought about that. What are the odds on New Orleans winning it all? Have we placed odds on that yet? Because that's one. You're telling me Shea Patterson didn't stick around and draft with Jeff Fisher after he was selected? There were pictures uh, no, of a lot of the quarterbacks did. sitting with he their did, coaches. He did, but okay. um, Patterson, though, it was much more laid back. Fedora had his quarterback there sitting with him, like the duration of the draft. Fisher, I felt like Fisher has an idea of exactly what his team's going to look like. And I thought Fedora was more building around specifics for his QB. Gotcha. They're talking about his QB having influence. Um, there was some stuff out of the Packers today yes. about Aaron Rodgers' uh, influence. Certainly that Tom Clements, who was brought out of retirement to come back, 
who was longtime quarterback coach there, Brian Guttenkust, said, you know, we certainly put that past Aaron Rodgers. Would he like that? He said absolutely he would. Now, that doesn't guarantee Aaron Rodgers is back, but it shows the kind of things the Packers have become willing to do and said they'd be willing to do when they uh, smoothed things out, so to speak, with Aaron Rodgers last year. Um, and Tom Clements will be a good quarterback coach for whoever's quarterbacking that team next year. And keep in mind, they had uh, Luke Getze was the quarterback coach who went to Denver with Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett. So they were able to bring back a guy who's had yep. good success and was there for a long part of Aaron Rodgers' career. Guttenkust said today <clears throat> he did not promise a trade um, in, in things. So he had a big media availability with Packers. Where was beat, this last beat year? reporters. Yeah. Um, today, which was odd, uh, a great, uh, I'm happy to see it. Timing is odd, but yeah, next week. Yeah. So he's not virtually doing every, G- maybe not every GM and coach in the league on Tuesday or Wednesday. will will have a podium session, virtually everyone, um, in Indianapolis, which for many of them, including, uh, well, no, Mike Rabel and John Robinson, the Titans spoke to people who were at the senior bowl, uh, spoke, uh, Vrabel did at, to Jim Wyatt at the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl. which he was coaching. But um, to a larger larger quantity of people, they'll all be speaking um, next week in Indianapolis. So the Aaron Rodgers thing keeps going, uh, keeps going and going. He said, you know, he wasn't being cryptic. We, Chad and I talked about it yesterday. We didn't get your thoughts. Said he wasn't being cryptic with his gra- Monday gratitude post. Oh, um, yes, he was. Yeah, and then one of the pictures was, you know, uh, of the national anthem with his two receivers standing without him during the Chiefs game, which he missed with COVID. Um, and you think then, a Jeopardy host doesn't know what he's posting on social media? Like, yeah, he's playing a game. Of all, of all people, he knows and, what and he's he really doing. likes Hutton, this attention. Hutton, what do you think about this? Hmm? I threw this out yesterday. He's a lot like Lane Kiffin. They're both super smart guys who love stirring the hornet's nest, and they laugh about it. They laugh about people. Well, they're stirring that, but but Lane's it's doing a, it's it. It's a different way of doing it. Lane's but doing I feel like it. They for both like enjoy the, the drama. I, I uh, yeah, they enjoy it. But I think I think Kiffin's doing it for the attention, and I feel like Rogers is doing it more to make the Packers stir crazy. Like as soon as they think they're close, they're further away. Well, I think he you know, he's making like, everyone. He's the stir matador. Crazy. I think the reaction to the vaccination inoculation stuff has turned him into this guy he probably already was that loves to get every get a rise out of everyone. I mean, remember when he had the Atlas shrugged behind him and people were talking about that, like he had a piece of you know a a, a work of literature behind him on the Manning cast, and that became a story. Yeah, and then he talked about that. Like I think now he's just poking the bear. Every chance he, he also gets. did a cleanse, which included forced vomiting. Whoa, uh, that's yeah, a, this is a serious cleanse. We talked through the steps induced of induced vomiting. Yes, induced vomiting with that's a condition. You induce it with clarified butter. He ate clarified butter at the first stage. You of know what's happening? Paul's trying that. Paul's no, trying that. Um, SEC fans, Paul, in the athletic, uh, they were polled. So they're, um, they're saying that they're optimistic and, and the vast majority of them are optimistic about their programs. Yeah. And so they had to rate, you know, one through 10, what they thought of their head coach confidence level. And 93.9% gave their coach a seven or higher. 
93.7. So nearly 94% of SEC fans responding to an athletic uh, survey said that they gave their coach a seven or higher on, on their confidence meter. I thought that was extraordinary. David Ubbin wrote the piece. He thought it was extraordinarily high. I agree. I mean, how many times I, could I, I you say I don't know. That? So I, I would need to have this clarified. It, that is fascinating if it was a perfect sample of uh, it's not equal parts. 40 fans no, Georgia, from Georgia was the highest respondent. Yeah, and, so it doesn't really. Whatever. It skews a little bit, but still. I mean, there, were, there was representatives of everybody in there. Well, okay. see, I would I would rather see a poll again. I'm I'm not trying to tell the athletic how right. to do their job. It's well, fine. Well, no, people they, answered they who did answered. What they did, but they have coverage for all these teams. So have the person covering the team or the person in that state send it out. All right, I want a hundred Tennessee fans, a hundred Vanderbilt fans, a hundred Ole Miss fans, a hundred Georgia fans. Then I want to see a true confidence meter based off those hundred legitimate fans of their confidence in their program and their coach. Right. Yeah, because eighty percent of this, the respond the responders could be Georgia. But well, uh, of course they're they're confident. I don't think it's that skewed, but uh, it's I mean, their, obviously, your points taken. It's in their football coach. Okay, so I think the ninety three makes sense because I think the only team with fan base a fan base right now that you would poll and say, "Are you confident in your coach?" and, and the answer would be no. Is Auburn? Yeah. Um, it, I mean, think about Sam Pittman, Stoops, Beamer, I can't think Heupel, of one. all those fan bases. I mean, the line of success at those programs, it's, it's not a high bar to reach. I mean, you, you've got Sto- Stoops who's getting a raise for seven wins in a season. Yep. So, I mean, those, those fan bases are conditioned for lower than the level that they're at right now. I, we I certainly expect, know what Tennessee's been through. So I would expect a mixed bag from Missouri fans. Uh, not even a seven, maybe about a six. Great recruiting class, terrible year for Missouri. Yeah, Eli Drinkwick's really yeah, went down in year two. But everyone else, Hutton, you're right. You could make the argument. Why wouldn't you be excited? I mean, Florida about fans where things are at worst. So, at South worst, Carolina, they're saying we don't know. South Carolina and Tennessee fans could point to our first year head coach won the Steve Spurrier first year head coach award. Split it, and Vandy can say we've got a Vanderbilt guy yeah. coaching us, regardless of how bad it was. We've got our guy. Vanderbilt was going to be the other one that I could say you could legitimately. But no Vanderbilt fan that's taking the poll is going to say anything negative about it. But I'm saying that's the only other one I would say, okay, I could see people saying I'm not overly confident. Also, one year's results. There were, so he, Ubbin, David Ubbin, the author of this piece, pulled some comments uh, from from non Georgia people, you know, and got got good stuff on Beamer, uh, Kiffin. Harson was the only coach to consistently receive low marks, but there was plenty of debate there. You know, he's quoting some people. Media firestorm means nothing. Oh. Auburn was six and two. Then the quarterback broke his leg, and we were right there in each of the last five games. Wow. Booster stirring the pot. Media picking things up and running with it. Harson is a good coach, and no one's giving him a fair shake. I mean, even another A&M. guy said, "I don't blame Harson for everything that's gone on within the program recently." but I feel like there'd be less chaos if he had been better at his job. We all feel like A&M should be better, but they lost their quarterback, they beat Bama, and then they just have the number one recruiting class of all time. So, of course, return on, on that poll question is going to be high. I'm trying to – I mean, there may not – LSU Mississippi just State, hired Brian Kelly. Mississippi State's pulling upsets. Florida's Brian got Kelly, a new coach. Yeah, yeah. Then I mean, uh, most underrated, Stoops got 40%, Pittman 28%, Beamer uh, almost 8%. 
Because we're seeing successes Hypo there almost that 6%. we're not used to seeing on a routine basis. And success is measured by the fan base and the program. I well, think Stoops and, and, and Pittman are ex- clearly the top Expectations two now are also set by the fan base. No doubt. And Kentucky fans love where they are with Stoops. They're not expecting to win the East. It's yeah. interesting. Now, now, what's fascinating, where are these fan bases a year from now? Because what they've done has now... Uh, yeah, it's like right. a salesperson, salesperson that meets the quota, and if you go over the quota for that month, you're now expected to meet well, the overage. Here's, you know? a, here's a good example: the uh, the S and P, you know, percentage rankings for college football teams, kind of like a net ranking, the equivalent in basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, preseason right now, a lot of things to happen: transfer portal, spring practice, all that. Tennessee is ninth in the country, fourth in the SEC. Josh Heupel had no expectation a year ago and exceeded them. Totally changed. So people are excited. There's going to be expectation around Tennessee this year, returning right. their entire offense and their quarterback. So well, people expect to be a Heisman. To your point, Hutton, you know, if Tennessee goes seven and five again this year with an easier schedule than last year, people are going to be disappointed. And that number in the, the poll that Dave Ubbin put out there on the athletic, that's going to be different with Tennessee responses. So there's a new set of expectations. I will say the same for South Carolina. Uh, because they bring in Spencer Rattler. They didn't have a quarterback. That's it. And they won seven games. And now they've got a guy who's a five-star quarterback who did well at Oklahoma before falling apart. So expectation rises there as well, which leads to the potential for devastation. Yeah, not everybody can live up to the expectations next year. Somebody's disappointing. And by somebody, I mean... Multiple players. Yes. I don't know if we're, we should set expectations that Major League Baseball and the Players Association come to an agreement this week um, as they're trying to start on time. But we, we asked Chad his expectations for Freddie Freeman, where reports are he could potentially leave Atlanta. That's next on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Glad you're with us from Nashville. I'll kick 360 rolls on in Atlanta. How nervous are they, Chad, about the Freddie Freeman future? Well, fans are extremely nervous. I don't know how nervous the organization is because it looks like, based on reports, they're prepared to let him walk. And mm. the dispute is over the Braves offering five years, $135 million. So that would take Freddie Freeman up through 37 years old. He's 32 right now. And Freeman wants six years close to $200 million. That's a $65 million gap in one year. So the issue is not really the years. There's only a one-year difference, but they're $65 million off right now. Um, Greedy. The Braves are not the Yankees or the Dodgers in terms of spending and how they view things. They have Acuna and Albies on very pro-team deals right now. So I want Freddie Freeman to be a Brave for life. Yeah. You know, as a fan of the team. But the Braves may see it as, we, not that they can do better right away, but they can get another young player, maybe go get a free agent piece to the puzzle also 
and plug right along. But it looks like it's going to be Paul's Yankees or the Dodgers for I'm, Freddie Freeman. I'm being sarcastic when I call him greedy uh, in re- reference to earlier oh, conversations to we've yeah. had today. He should, uh, I mean, he should try to get all he can. It's hard to pay that kind of money for somebody going into age 37 year. The six, so the sixth year he wants would be through 38. Yeah. He'd be 38 when he's done. Look, the Yanks have done contract. a lot of deals that go that long, you know, and I'm, I'm skeptical of that. Uh, uh, you know, that's why I'd like them to find it. I'd like them to get Olsen from the A's to solve their first base problem because he's younger. I wouldn't mind them sticking with Rizzo for a shorter term thing at a cheaper, not cheap, but cheaper than, than Freeman's going to be. And I'd like him to see him spend more at center field than ultimately shortstop. Why can't they – so if they think he's going to age out, why can't they offer more per year and load it up and just do a three- or four-year deal and give him more? Because well, he they're knows, cheap. Uh, and also he <laughs> but knows, if he's worth it early, if he's worth it yeah, now, they know they, he's worth it but now. But he knows he's not Freeman, getting another contract right. in four years that's going to be near that. Value. He's getting more now, on, and then you get the contract you're worth then. Freeman's, That's my point. But Freeman's big on, I want six years, max amount of money now. Last six contract. years guaranteed. He's not budging on six years. The Braves could offer a ton of money for a three-year deal. That's right. a bigger average, but he's not going to take that because he, that's also his agent, him, saying, I'm not going to be as productive after year three of this deal. Yeah, so much, make, yet, much yet year five and six, right? That's what that's the risk the team has to take. This is what the baseball but, but he wants sixty five million more. He can make sixty five million more on his next deal, and but get paid and get paid more for the first three years now. But he's saying, that's what is, I'm asking. This is Freddie Freeman's agent saying he's not going to be worth sixty five million more or a and big no, contract. Not more, but you can make up that money on the next contract if you're getting paid more with the Braves Freddie now Freeman, and, and over six years with the Yankees. If it's the same money, Freddie Freeman. But here's what I'm saying. Freddie Freeman is saying. I want to get paid 32-year-old Freddie Freeman money for the next six years. That's what they're trying to and get. And that's what all that's, baseball guys tend that's to That's $200 million. What if the, the Braves, Braves say, could pay him Freddie Freeman money for the next three years? Not Freddie and Freeman then he, money. then he has to bet on himself. I'm not saying Freddie Freeman. I'm saying the Braves pay him as the best player in baseball for the next three years and then put him on the free agent market. He won't do it because that won't equal $200 million. Yeah. He He's trying to get $200 million for six years. And this years. is what happened. Like the Yankees did it with guys like Teixeira. You sign him at about 28, and you sign him to a 10-year contract, and you get six good years, and then the four years at the end suck. But, hey, I'm, I want Freddie Freeman to remain a break. I want them to do whatever it takes to sign To me – I'm, I'm on record with that. We can catch back up with this. To me, when you made the decision not to trade him last year, and you won the, you won the World Series, you needed him. But when you made the decision not to trade him and get something for him, you made the decision to resign him. That, that was my yeah. take on it then, and I know that's the way the fans feel right now. The Braves are worse without him. It's, it's that simple. Outkick 360 rolls on.